Alrighty, friends. Welcome back to our agriculture conversations here on the Lancast Ag Podcast. That's right. We're going to be making some poor decisions here today on the Lancast Ag Podcast. We are joined by the artist singing for you right now, rancher, highline cowboy, Chisholm Christensen, joining us here today. Chisholm. How, how are you doing as we gather here in Lewistown, Montana? Doing well, doing well, Lane. Thanks for having me on. Well, again, as I mentioned, uh, a little bit of a preview into the lead track there in your new album, The Prisoner by Chisholm. And uh, Chisholm, uh, you've been on past podcasts, uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, Cattleman's Call podcast that I host for the National Cattleman's Beef Association, discussing being a young producer. And today we'll do a little talk about uh, your uh, ranching operation, your family up there outside of Hinsdale, Montana, but also how this singing cowboy just put out an album with some outstanding songs. Uh, but first off, as uh, we do in agriculture, uh, how are things looking up on Montana's High Line up in your neck of the woods here this week? Yeah, no, we uh, we had a, ch- a chance last night for up to two inches of rain, so of course we got about one-tenth, but uh, yeah, things are a little dry, but uh, keep the faith. <laughs> well, hopefully more rain will come. It's just so weird going up from uh, Phillips County, Valley County, all, all over in there and seeing how brown it is, and you cross the river into Fergus County, and it's so much greener, so I know folks coming in from all over where we're broadcasting from today from the uh, mid-year meeting of the Montana Stock Growers, there's going to be some jealous folks out there, and, and for good reason, obviously. Yeah, for sure. No, uh, The whole drive down here, uh, it's great to see these guys getting some some rain, but you're right, it's hard not to be a little jealous, and, and I hope we get some here in the near future because we are grass farmers first and foremost, and, and we need that rain. Well, we do, and I mean, it's it's been dire straits for at least three years up in that neck of the woods, and, and you look at North Dakota, I mean, we they are so much worse off than producers in Montana and other parts of the West. But, of course, it always comes down to grass availability, price of hay, being able to put up hay, and, of course, trying to keep that herd put together. There's going to be a lot of tough decisions still made in the coming weeks. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's hard to get rid of that, that factory, but for some people, that's just uh, – and when the conditions are this way, that's yep. the, the way to do it. Yep. But as we actually maybe – Look more on a positive note, uh, multi-generational uh, uh, rancher up there near Hinsdale. Let's talk a little bit about your background, your family, and why you wanted to get back into ranching and go home and be a part of the family operation. Well, I think it's, uh, I mean, it's a great way of life. I mean, you, you, you choose ranching. There's easier ways to make money in the world, but, uh, and more, more sure things where you don't have to rely on rainfall and Mother Nature, you know, for your, for your annual check. But... Uh, um, yeah, just it was instilled in me from a young age. Love the lifestyle, love the cattle, love the farming. Um, small town, Montana, rural America. They just kind of, you know, I, I just fell in love with it. And uh, yeah, my background, I guess, a little bit. Uh, we came and homesteaded just south of Hinsdale there in 1909. Uh, my great grandfather, great great grandfather, and uh, and we've been there ever since. Still running cows on the on the same parcels that he homesteaded back then. So feel very fortunate. No, very fortunate indeed. And uh, obviously going back there, were were you able to buy your own little place now that where you're living? Is that a new new, new acquisition for you guys or is that a part of the existing place? Yeah, no, that was a new acquisition. So uh, um, by using some young farmer loans and, uh, you know, some some low interest rates that 
that are available right now. I was able to purchase a little place. Um, runs about 60 head of cows, and, and I, I own my own home, Lane. It's a um, 1920s out of a Sears and Roebuck catalog. They ordered it, and, and it's still still in decent shape there. So, yeah, no, uh, and and close to the home place, and, and again, feel very blessed that that was able to come together. Hopefully I can make the payments. That bank owns it right now more than I do. <laughs> For the next 30 years. But, you know, it's great having those programs. And, you know, what was it like? I, I know we, we want to talk about the album, but, you know, going through that process, what were some of the struggles that, that you saw going through the Young Farmer and Rancher uh, process uh, through maybe your lender or FSA? Yeah, so I'm mostly through FSA, and uh, the issue there is is probably I didn't realize, you know, how exact you have to have everything. It's a lot of hoops to jump through, but it's cheap money, so, you know, there's some give and take there. Um, the one thing I would say is that a bank is wanting your business, where maybe the government programs, we know how the wheels of government turn, you know, they're there to serve a purpose in a, in a very, you know, it's a good purpose that they serve, but it does take a little bit more time. Well, again, we're lucky to have those. <laughs> My wife and I have been looking at those options as well, so very excited for learning more about the growing pains of utilizing those young producer loans. But uh, jumping back to our conversation about your album, um, being a young single guy up on the high line, there's not, I mean, you're related to almost probably everybody uh, between uh, Hinsdale and Glasgow, so... Writing yeah, songs yeah, is a good option at night, right? I think so. Yeah, my nights are pretty empty. So, uh, yeah, especially in the winter, you get home, it gets dark early. Um, yeah, no, I, I really fell in love with uh, with lyrics, really. enjoy music, listen to it all the time, and decided to try my hand at making some of my own. So, so when did you start playing guitar and, and doodling around with lyrics? Well, you know, I went to college, I don't know if you know this, at Bozeman. Really? Yeah. yeah. And uh, there was this guy there that we'd be out, you know, I spent most of my time at the library, and I think he did too, but when we did make the occasional party, he would grab his guitar and <laughs> sit down around a campfire or something, and the women were just enthralled with him, and so when I got out of college, I thought I better pick up a, pick up a guitar and maybe see what, what this guy's got going on. You're talking about Smokey, right? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> not the one. <laughs> well, of course, uh, the good days in Bozeman. I don't know if the good days are around anymore down there nowadays, but uh, it's changed a lot. But uh, a good, good opportunity, though, to go yeah. down there. and The memories are still there. The memories are there. And uh, as you look at that and, and you look at songs, did you write every single song on this album? That's correct. Yep. So how many songs are on the album total? There's 13 songs. 13 yep. songs. So mm -hmm. how long did it, it, did it take you? Over, over time to, to put together 13 songs to, to record? Well, there's probably anybody that's ever sat down and written a song or written a story or, or anything like that, you know that about one out of every 15 or, or so is, is going to be worth recording or worth spending any extra time on. But, uh, yeah, so I started writing, writing songs kind of right after college, um, probably 2014, and here we are at 2021 before I'm... I'm getting any of them out to the public. And I never thought I would be here. I was writing those for myself and my dog laying at my feet in the living room. So, And sometimes he'd leave the room, so I'm always surprised when somebody wants to listen to it. But. So, Chisholm, put those headphones on, and we'll, we'll go back to your lead track there, uh, Poor Decisions, and we will make sure and um, look at this. We're, we're a little, little makeshift ranchy setup we got going here. 
All right, Chisholm, as we listen to poor decisions, a lot of nights that we're sitting at home or thinking, oh, we need to go head to town, think about things in the past. What uh, what sparked your creativity when you when you look about those poor decisions? Pour those decisions out for me. What what sparked your interest in writing this these tunes? Yeah. So uh, well, this first one definitely. I, I like the play on words, the poor decisions, and you know the the de- poured decisions, and uh, sometimes the decisions that uh, we remember the most aren't always our best decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think life is is. I mean, all it is, is is the memories that you can make. So sometimes in, you know, retrospect, maybe we wouldn't have made those decisions, but would we really not if we had the choice again? Because they kind of end up being what makes your life enjoyable and fun and kind of the unknown aspect, I guess. Well, and jumping back to The Prisoner, the, the, the name of your album, you know, there was a lot of controversy about your album cover. Yeah, there was a little bit of controversy over that. And uh, for those of you listening, it's a, uh, well, I, I took it as an old time Western photo. I, I thought, what do I have going for me? I've got a good looking blue roan stud and I look better the farther away you get from me. So I kind of set myself on a ridge under a tree and there is a noose that's hanging from this tree kind of, you know, and and the reason I, I guess I picked that shot is because I didn't want just another artist with his guitar standing next to his name i i wanted some something that maybe maybe was a little more art and and maybe provoked a little more thought but some of the thoughts that people had about it yeah weren't uh, necessarily what i thought they were going to be but well well it is it's art it's uh, it's catchy you see it it reminds me of a western uh, of a prisoner or someone wronged or jake spoon kind of came to my mind definitely oh yeah that lonesome dove uh thing was definitely in there and uh so the prisoner that is the title of your album again we're not going to play all the songs for everyone because we'll play parts of them because you need to go out and download the album or buy the cd so the prisoner what um what inspired you for this song Uh, obviously it's about drinking a little bit and I love your uh, uh, play on words when you throw in the grapes of wrath in there. Oh, yeah. When you actually refer to the prisoner just once in the whole song. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Some people have uh, questioned the way I name my songs. Yeah. But, yeah, the I, I guess, and going back to the cover as far as the prisoner, what I was trying to, to show was the vulnerability, you know, because I'm not a super outgoing guy. Um, and you are. You're putting yourself out there. And, and especially when you're writing your own songs, that's like letting somebody read your, you know, your soul. Yeah. Or your, your journal, di- yep. diary, whatever you want to call it. You're putting yourself out there and whether people want to believe it or not, they're going to judge you to some degree. Yep. And having that noose around your neck, sitting on a horse under a limb, you know, the horse looks pretty calm, I think, in that picture, which helps it. But, uh, and your hands tied behind your back, you don't know if that horse is going to take a step or bolt or stand there and let you get untied, whatever. And, uh, it is, it's vulnerable because, uh, but as, as far as this song, um, you know, you're a prisoner to the memory, you're a prisoner to your past a little bit, and uh, your mindset. Yep. And I really liked that lyric, which is why, I, why it ended up being the title track, why it ended up being, the, you know, kind of taking the cake as far as the rest of the album goes. Well, and when we talk about that vulnerability, you know, I grew up playing music and, and 
for me, people judge me. They see me on TV or hear me on radio, and they just think, oh, he, he just is always outgoing. Or I'm, I consider myself an uh, outgoing introvert. Yeah. Because there's days that, like, I've been on the road for a solid week and a half now going to egg meetings, and I need my 15 to 10 minutes to myself to, like, regroup and put on my talent face. Because most of the time I don't like, you know, I'm not saying I don't, I'm trying to be rude, but it's hard for me to talk to people I don't know. And, yeah. I, and I have to do that for my career, so I have to get past that. So as you write these songs and, and you play them for yourselves, maybe you go out and play them for your family and friends uh, at a branding or a family function or a good get-together. What, uh, how hard was it for you to say, you know what, I, I, I want to put what I put to pen to paper. I actually want to go out there and record it so more people can, can enjoy this. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, like you say, it started with, you know, family and friends and kind of showing them, letting people in, knowing, letting, showing them what I'm doing with, you know, those empty evenings we were talking about. And uh, I guess what it came down to was a couple of them just said, what's the point of you spending all this time doing this if no one's going to hear it? Yep. And that's when I started taking some next steps. Um, it's it's kind of crazy how it comes together when you take that first step. Every step kind of teaches the next one. And uh, people are kind of, I mean, it makes you believe in something. I don't know if it's fate or what, but um, very blessed uh, to have the people come into my life that, uh, that did, that helped make this happen because I couldn't have done it by myself. So when a thought, when, when that lyric or just that little word and that twist on words comes into your head, when, when does it happen for you? Some people say it's when they're driving. I've heard people that are in ag say it's when they're feeding or, or, or out in the tractor. When, when, does it, when does that little that thing click with you? Like, gosh darn, that, that could turn into a lyric and a chorus. I mean, it's different from, uh, for every song. But as far as you, you kind of take the inspiration when it comes. You being uh, in farming and ranching lane, you know how much windshield time we get. And, uh, you know, the thoughts that are going through your head when you're doing that. And, and, and we're also in, in God's country. And I think that's when a lot of inspiration comes for me is, you know, riding behind some cows. You don't have much else to think about. There's no technology, no cell service. So it's just you and your mind. And, uh, you know, you see the sun come up or a, a sun go down. And uh, you pull your inspiration from from whatever it is, and you kind of just sit there. I'm I'm a notes app. Uh, yeah. Yep. Poem, you know. So. And for those that don't know what notes is, it's on your iPhone, and you click on it, Dad. If you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I one of my favorite songs is the second track. It's Angel, and. Uh, I'm just going to play a little bit of the beginning here. And uh, for our folks listening that maybe haven't listened to this yet, it might remind you, like it did to me, of another, uh, of, a, of a similar song that's more of a rock song. And maybe that was Chisholm's intention. I'm going to ask him. I just wish you would have asked me to play saxophone on this. Yeah. Well, there's a cow town in Kansas, Abilene, and there's a stockyards. Where bosses sell their beeves and drift in cow- I'm going to pause that. How many cowboys or any, anyone think that you could get beeves put into a song? Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have foreseen that. After they've just been paid, they ride on down downtown. Where there's a harlot in this stalwart town. And her work is laying cowboys down. Fallen angel. 
She wears a tarnished crown above a beautiful, sad face. I tell her, Angel, won't you fall from me? You fell from heaven. So when I listen to that, Chisholm, I get a little bit of brandy. Yeah, you're, you're not the first one to say that for sure. It was unintentional, but as soon as my, you know, my producer over in Superior... Yeah. He said, this is a lot like Brandy, and we put it on, and it, it is very close. But the chorus isn't, though. The chorus is different. So you're not yeah. going to get sued. I hope not. If, <laughs> you know, if, if they come after me, I'll, that means I, uh, I got big enough that they notice. So we'll, we'll just hand them whatever money they need to if that, if that becomes the case. But I just love the flow of that. And obviously, this is about a fallen angel and uh, kind of a Lori Darlin. Yeah. That type of a situation kind of again uh, people that listen to music it means something different to them um uh, you know obviously it, it's probably the way you wrote it was totally different than how i interpret that song mm -hmm. how, how what sparked your imagination talking about a fallen angel that uh services cowboys yeah um i like how you put that the uh <laughs> the inspiration for that song actually came from a book that everyone should read in my opinion it's it's one of the it's kind of a chick flick of a book actually but i'll admit that it's it's one of my favorite if not the favorite and it is redeeming love and uh it's about a um a prostitute i'll just say it in california in uh right after the kind of the gold rush mm -hmm. and and anyway that's where the where the inspiration for that one came from um, this wounded dove locked in her self-made cage, yep. you know, that just, uh, that I really, I really do like some of those lyrics and how it kind of oh. all flowed together and, and came out. And exactly. And that's why I'm not going to play the full songs for folks. Cause, uh, just that little touch, that little taste into it. And there was a happy ending to it though. Um, I probably shouldn't have phrased it that way <laughs> there. Uh, th there's love at the end of this song. Yeah, it's definitely a love story. <laughs> yeah. So, as we again, we have 13 songs that that you wrote and you recorded. Um, let's talk about the recording process. Um, I when I was younger, I, I recorded some songs just because I played a lot, and it was always good to have your co the covers that you would play on. I would play on the Charlie Russell Choo Choo and everything like that. So you needed to have an album, and I I, I just I can't listen to it because I'm like 13 year old. Folsom Prison Blues, <laughs> you know. So for you, what, what, where did you get it recorded, and, and what was it like, you know, to obviously having to take time away from the home operation uh, and, and to head over there um, and, and get behind a microphone and lay those tracks down and have that drum beat, and uh, how did that learning process go? Yeah, well, uh, just like I said before, the right people got interjected into my life. I've been working with a guy in Glasgow named Dave Pippen that I can't say enough good about. Um, he's got a little rec recording studio there. And uh, then, you know, as COVID hit, you know, I wasn't able to work with him as much. And uh, actually, we had um, one of my dad's good friends growing up um, moved away and still comes back to the home ranch there to hunt um, every year. And he showed us an album that he had put together with his band. And uh, I showed him a little bit of what I was doing. And he said, you ever get to Western Montana, you got to look this guy up. So uh, we ended up being over there for a family function. And uh, we're, Dad and I were able to kind of break away and go see this guy. And uh, his name was Chuck Seward. And he is in Superior, Montana, or just up the mountain from there. And uh, showed him what I, you know, some of the songs I'd been working on. And he said, well, I'm... Uh, I just finished up an album for some other guy. I'm pretty free right now. How long are you in town? And uh, so I spent the next three days with him. 
and uh the rest is history i guess now but yeah no uh he's got a, a little little studio up there he calls it custer's last studio he worked in the business uh out of washington state and was in bands and you know music has been his life and uh he just gleaned some of that um you know that that know-how onto me and and we ran with it so very fortunate to have, have met him and and got this album put yeah. together well and also uh, your sister also was able to, to sing on one of those tracks and that was special to both both you her and your dad because i remember when she got married you actually wrote uh, the father-daughter dance am i correct in this story that's for, that's right yeah and uh we'll play a little bit of uh, my little girl that chisholm wrote for his sister and uh, his dad's father-daughter dance at her wedding and she was able to sing background on that as well which is i think is special She's my cutie pie, my lover girl, my ballerina princess, cowgirl. Not many waltzes out there nowadays either. No, no, that was, uh, I think it was good to include on the album. Yeah, no, I, I think you would have been been out of your mind not to include this song on the yeah. album i'm sure mm-hmm. there wasn't a dry eye at that uh, dance floor when you sang that song too yeah no i think uh just mine i'd, I'd sang it enough times <laughs> that i was i was tired of it by the time the <laughs> wedding finally came along but uh yeah that was actually the first time my sister had ever heard it mm-hmm. yep was was during that father-daughter dance and uh very uh very happy that she was able to to make the trek over from uh, Turner yep. and be on that album. And little known fact, she was actually um, eight months pregnant <laughs> <laughs> when she was able to sing that background. And and uh, so it might be a big song for, for her son too now. Yes, so exactly. He, yeah. he got Involved to be a part in of that. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she had the lung capacity because she <laughs> yeah, looked like she was about a, been... <laughs> 11 months pregnant to me. But. Well, I just think that's cool and a great gift, of course, to your sister and to your family just to include that as well. But, you know, one thing that I just admire about you, Chisholm, is just your optimism about a day. I mean, the first thing you said, you know, what, what what's happening? You know, what, what's going on? What's some good news is how you put that uh, when, when we first got together here before the recording. And when you wrote Beautiful Day, you know, sometimes we just get so sour in agriculture because, yeah, the markets suck right now. We got drought. We got grasshoppers. There's so many unknowns in the packing industry, but you know what? Sometimes we don't sit back and just be thankful. Yeah. If you if you want to be upset, there's enough things in the world to be upset about. Just take your pick. But uh, yeah, th- this song actually was written during one of my worst days. You know, where I had to remind myself yep. that hey, it's a beautiful day. alarm clocks ring and it's annoying boy said don't you know it's monday i've got more stuff to do than i can get done today but hey it's a beautiful day on my way into work my old truck got a flat as soon as i jacked it up that some gun fell off the jack <laughs> and just when i thought my life was back on track buses i saw you were late Man, what the hell's up with that? Hey, hey, it's a beautiful day. I've got my job. God gave me one more day. Hey, it's a beautiful day. No, especially on a farm or ranch, we all know something is going to go wrong. And 
I mean, it's just sometimes so much easier to be negative. And I, I myself, I think I need to listen to that song when I start my day or halfway through it too. But as I said, you know, you, it's therapeutic music is. And, For sure. And, and you said you wrote this on maybe one of your bad days. Yeah, and no, that was that was a day, Lane, that just nothing went right. Um, you know, from the from the breakdowns, I actually jacked up a pickup to change a tire, and it just about fell on me. And you know, just you know, I was so upset and mad at the world, and I just finally took a deep breath and said, you know what, it's actually not all all as bad as it as it seems, or definitely as bad as it could be. So just be thankful for what you got, and take a step back and and dive back in life's gonna happen to you think you know smile anyway it's kind of one of the one of the lyrics in that song that i really like and and uh the other one in there is uh oh uh how does it go here uh when i get home from another long day going through the mail there's some bills i can't pay my little girl runs up and wraps little arms around my leg says dad i'm so glad you're home now daddy please can we play yep. you know and it's it's uh there's a lot to be thankful for. And a lot of the problems that we have today, I mean, myself included, I just bought this little place and, and there's stuff going wrong all the time. But I prayed for that place mm-hmm. for years. Yep. And now I get the problems with it. And I just have to take them in stride. So, And going off of that, like my wife and I are trying to find something, you know, not too big, but where we can have our own, you know, work with the in-laws too and, and whatnot. And it's just like, it's so, uh, it, they're stupid, stupid dreams, I say, in a positive tone mm-hmm. because I, I have a great life as a farm broadcaster, but there's so much more I want because I want more of that production ag background because sometimes, you know, I love what I do, but some days there's just, you don't feel as fulfilled because you're some days I just share so much bad news but you know when you build a quarter mile of fence or you go fix a pump or whatever whatever it is some days I just feel way more accomplished being you know being way more frustrated out in the countryside yeah no that's that is one of the cool things about production and agriculture and but I I see it in your job too Lane I wouldn't I wouldn't say that uh, you don't you know get to see the fruits of your labor but in ranching definitely and sometimes it takes time, yep. but if you do put in that quarter mile of fence, if you do, you know, raise some good stock, you get to take pride in that and you yep. get to see what you accomplish way more than somebody that's, you know, in a cubicle or, yep. you know, sending off their work every day and, and never seeing it again, you know. Well, and again, like I love what I do and it's great to talk about higher prices. Like these spring wheat prices were just rocketing earlier. Well, last week, 35 cents higher. This week, not so much, but, uh, Again, like I said, that that song fills me full of joy, and I know you got to be going to a meeting here, and I got to interview you. I'll, I'll probably just interview you for our TV stuff and some other people too, since I got you trapped here. But uh, new thread, I really like that song. Yeah, that's you comfortable cool. talking about that one. Oh yeah. So we got new thread, and we're just gonna start it out here. almost like a little heart band a little bit got some new thread under a new felt hat black boots on a red carpet won't you think of that i would have brought you here but i brought my mom she's the wanted from the start that you were oh so wrong so long so long since i 
So what was the inspiration for that one, Chisholm? Oh, yeah, just a movie or something. I'm sure it wasn't a specific girl or anything. Yeah. No, I, I, I really like the way that, that song turned out, too. A little rockier maybe mm-hmm. than, uh, than some of the other songs on yep. the album. But, uh, yeah, really happy with how it turned out. Uh, Brett Barber, um, he plays lead guitar on this album. I just thought he did a phenomenal yeah. job, especially on that song. Um, Craig Barton on keys put in some uh, we didn't quite get to it in that listening but uh uh, he put in some b12 organ that just sounds you know kind of takes it back to like a 60s rock feel and uh really liked how it turned out so well no turned out great and and what because again all your songs have that a different type of style to which i like because because some some writers or bands will just kind of be the same three chord or same tempo all the way through what what has been your music inspiration when you're when you're uh, when you write down the lyric, then you start putting music to it? What uh, what what sparks that? Maybe some influences, uh, some folks that you listen to, rock, country, folk, western. Man, I Lane, I'm all over the board, and and maybe that's why I'm able to kind of put a wider variety on an album. But uh, man, like uh, my XM channel is uh, Lithium, which is kind of like some '90s grunge. Um, really like the lyrics of, uh, of Billy Joel, yes. Tim McGraw. Um, uh, right now I'm listening to, uh, Charlie Crockett, Ross Cooper. If you haven't looked up Ross Cooper, he's, uh, he's a great guy to listen to. But then I also throw in some Billy Eilish and take it back to Hank Williams, yeah. you know, the old country. So it's, it's all over the board, but music is music and, and you I just love lyrics that you can tell what somebody was feeling when they wrote them. Yep. You know, I get a little bit of a Wade Montgomery vibe from some of your songs. Have you listened to Wade ever? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I haven't got that before, but uh, uh, I'll take it song, as a compliment. I mean, Wade is a, I mean, uh, uh, rest in peace, Wade. Just, I loved his songs, but they're real. And I, mm-hmm. and maybe that's the connection that, that I'm getting when I'm listening um, and again, I'm not saying that it's exactly like that. I, I don't want to insult you or, or any, anything mm-hmm. like that, but it's just that real grittiness and it's like life lived, not just like some Nashville songwriter that's good at putting, you know, a melody together. This is, this is real life experience or you're channeling that stress or just, uh, those stories that that's kind of what I'm getting there. Yeah. Didn't Ian Munsick redo one of his songs? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yep. And it, and did a great job. Yep. And, uh, yeah, God, I can't, uh, because uh, as uh, as uh, your mom's friend Paula Steinbeiser said, uh, your titles don't line up sometimes with uh, your choruses. She yep. was telling me about that, and I, I I was driving today, and I'm like, God, this would be a good Alan Jackson song. And I can't. I think it was the Prisoner, one of those, because I, I I had the title different when I'm looking at the actual tracks. But I, I guess that's my question. What, what what do you want someone else to record these songs? Yeah, you you know I'm I'm open to anything. I. Uh... I probably won't give up the right to record them myself, but if any if anybody else wants to, that that sounds great. Um, I did just have a guy, a good friend of mine, um, his daughter did kind of a karaoke version to to one of these songs. It was actually My Little Girl, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's probably every artist you know worst fear that someone does <laughs> it better than they could do it, uh-huh. and she did it. Man, I, it. It was cool to see, but at the same time, made you made you kind of feel sad that she could sing it better than I could. So when we look at that, and I ask you, 
if you were picturing a, a, a singer, country singer, maybe rock, because any of these songs could be retweaked and reworked as long as the lyrics are still held intact. What, who's a singer in a song that you would pair up if it's the perfect situation? Ah, perfect situation. Um, man, I could have uh, Tim McGraw do My Little Girl. Um, maybe Charlie Crockett do, uh, you know, that So Long song mm -hmm. that I, you know, what wasn't aptly named in Paul's opinion, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's some of the things probably, uh, where I'm more lyrics oriented. I pick out my favorite lyric mm -hmm. and then that's the title of the song in my mind. And, uh, maybe not the, not the words that are repeated the most or maybe the most upfront. So how can folks get your album? Well, I've got a website. It's my first name and last initial, so Chisholm, C-H-I-S-H-O-L-M-C.com. And uh, you can follow me on social media. Instagram and uh, Facebook are probably the most prevalent. Um, just I'm, I don't share my name with very many people, so if you look up Chisholm, <laughs> I, you'll probably find me there. Um, I do have an announcement, Lane, and it's gonna be, uh, this, this is going to be the first place it's been shared. And uh, that is that we are on Spotify, Apple Music, all those listening devices and, uh, and mediums now. And really happy that, that that was able to come to fruition before this interview so I could share that here. Well, again, you heard it from Chisholm himself. It's on those uh, media players on your smartphone, The Prisoner by Chisholm Christensen. Uh, Chisholm, you got a board meeting coming up here, executive uh, meeting for stock growers. What's it like being a young member uh, serving the cattle industry here in Montana? Um, it's great. It's been great. This is my, uh, my final year on the board, um, but feel really fortunate to have served with the guys that I've, I've served with and for the industry that I love. Now, all the ladies that are listening are going to be asking, he's a rancher, he's got cattle, he's got his own little place. Are you still single? Still single, yeah. But I'm harder. To, I must be harder to get along with than I think I am. Cause <laughs> well, they might. You might write a song about him now, like Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good reason to come or stay. <laughs> well, it depends on how Instagram famous they want to get, I guess. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I tell you what, I would be honored if you wrote a song about me. No, don't take that seriously because I know it'd probably be something bad. But hey, we're gonna we're gonna ride it out here with. Uh, one of my favorite songs on there, Cowboy Writing Love Songs. That's exactly who we have here today. He, he writes gritty songs, personal songs, Chisholm Christensen. Chisholm, anything else you just want to leave with our audience here today? Um, I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, if you do decide to, uh, to buy an album, just know that uh, you have my heartfelt appreciation. And, and there are plans in the works to start the next album soon. So uh, you're supporting that dream, and, and I really appreciate it. Are you going to ever put it on vinyl? You know, one of the songs on there is named on vinyl, and uh, I had to order 250 copies, but, uh, you know, we'll see if it gets popular enough that I need to. I'd well, love to. If you do, I'll buy it. I love playing those old vinyls. But again, Chisholm Christensen, rancher from Hinsdale, Montana. He is a poet and a singer. I would encourage you to buy or download The Prisoner by Chisholm. I'll look that up online, of course. And, hey, again, a little bit different conversation than we usually have. But you know what? These are the conversations I like having off the ag policy, off the issues in the countryside. Chisholm, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lane. All right, friends. That'll do it for today's Agriculture Conversation on the Lancaster Ag Podcast. I'm Lane Northland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks that if you really knew her, 
He might even like her more And though she's got her pick of guys She might just want a man With a loving heart An honest tongue And rough, strong, calloused hands Though the cowboy writing love songs Goes on writing just the same Knowing it's a slim chance that she'll 